Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. We are ready to go. Are you ready to go? Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Building for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, want to tell you about Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos. Always have great giveaways. They gave away a Tesla in their last promotion. You know what they said? Let's do another one. They're giving away another Tesla. If you don't want it, no problem. Gas prices are coming down a little bit, but if you don't want it, no problem. $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings the weekend of October 7th. Get final centuries every half hour from 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings, or you can redeem players' points. They have great giveaways, daily cash drawings, really loose slots. They can't say it. I can. And uh, you're going to love their sports book, too. Sasquatch and Wildcard, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Yesterday, you were drinking some green goo. I knew this was coming at Today, some point. Today, it is purple yep. goo. Yep. What uh, What's the difference in color? I'm guessing most of the same ingredients. I think it's the fruit that is used for the smoothie. Though it, that's a smoothie. Well, kind of. It's out of a mason jar. Well, that's kind of how I roll, man. You're a mason jar type of guy. Uh, you and your wife like to do a lot of canning, do you? Yes, we do. In fact, we pickle things. Is that right? What do uh, you What do you like to pickle? Uh, or do you just like to put body parts in there in formaldehyde? Well, wow, Sweeney Todd. Yes. Well, listen. Nicely done. No, see, Sweeney Todd did not do that. They just he grounded cut up the meat. people, and they had him grounded meat the that- meat. Right, into fresh Bruce meat pies. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. Wow, I didn't realize you were such a I'm not. heterosexual. <laughs> yes, whatever you said. You a big musical comedy fan? So-so. Uh, So-so. I mean, it depends. I saw something at the, uh, what did I see? Buell Theater? Yeah, Pretty Woman. Awful. Is that right? Awful. Wow. Uh, and I love, we're season ticket holders. Yeah. We go. It was, we walked out at uh, intermission. I've walked out of a uh, performance. I have, before. I've, I, I do it more, re- not regularly now, yeah. but my attitude is, I don't need this. Best you've seen. The best I've seen? Best you've seen. I saw a show there. No, no, in general, anywhere in the world. Oh, anywhere in the world? Yeah, I've seen theater all over the world, too. Hamilton in London. Okay. Yeah, everybody seems to like Hamilton. I don't know why that is a musical that I just don't have a great interest in seeing. I would see it. Oh, have you not seen it? No. I would see it if somebody handed me tickets. Um, And I am, so you know, hmm. I am deeply entrenched in a love for musical theater. There are very, I've seen, oh, gosh. 30, 40 musicals. And, and okay, ready for this? I'm not saying this to you to make fun of me. I used to perform in drama, musical theater. I used to sing, dance, jazz dance, tap Why dance. Why would I make fun? I, I, barbershop quartets. I, I love this. I, that, that, to me, is admirable. Is it? Well, of course it is. Do you want me to get up and do the time step on the carpeting for you? No, I'm not interested in All that. Right. I'm glad that you do it yeah. when I'm not around. Well, I don't do it anymore. Because- Why not? Well, because I have an image to uphold that I'm a sports guy, and I don't oh want people God. knowing that I have a soft side. What is that image? I cook and I watch musical comedies. Time now for the lead. 
The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. All right, you and I were at the uh, press conference yesterday. Nathaniel Hackett said that the guys who played in Buffalo are pretty much going to be the same guys that play in the preseason finale against the Minnesota Vikings. His reasoning has been consistent that he doesn't want to risk starters getting injured, but then added a message to the fans about the Bills game on Saturday. Well, first thing I tell the fans is I'm sorry for that game uh, two days ago because that that is not what we're looking for. Um, But, I mean, I think the fans will understand more, you know, when we get all the way to week 17 or or all those things. And, you know, it goes with all those guys, Cortland, Jerry, all those guys. Um, We want to see them in real games. We we want that to happen. And it's, uh, you know, looking at my past, I mean, heck, we were 0-3 in the preseason last year with the Green Bay Packers, and those guys didn't play. But in the end, they were healthy and they were strong as we finished throughout that season. So that's what you're always looking for. Get used to it. This is the message. This is the way it's going to be done. This is the way that Nathaniel Hackett is laying it out and is going to play his cards. You don't like it? Tough. Because, and you can contest it all you want. Plenty of people are. That's fine. He sees his way. This is his way. He's sticking to it. Just because. You have three chefs standing there, and they have all the same ingredients. Does not mean all of them are going to make an equally great dish. Right. And I understand that. However, for those still chirping and complaining about how Nathaniel Hackett conducted training camp, this is not a new idea. It was not his idea. This came from the Shanahan School of Coaching, the new Shanahan Mm -hmm. School of Coaching. The Rams have been doing stuff like this for years. Worked pretty well for them. Yep. Okay. The Packers have been doing this for years when Hackett was the offensive coordinator and Outen was the offensive uh, line coach. This is the school that he comes from. People are treating this like, well, I've never seen this before. And because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not happening elsewhere. What are some commonalities? between the Packers, the Rams, and other things. I understand that Hackett is in his first year, and I get it. But there was a time that McVeigh was in his first year, sure. and LaFleur was in his first year. And it is my understanding this is the way they wanted to do things anyway. Okay, some people will suggest, well, listen, uh, I know the Rams did it last year, and but they had Stafford. And, uh, yeah, I know they won a Super Bowl. No, listen, listen, listen. When Jared Goff was the quarterback in McVay's first year, Goff didn't play in the preseason. They still went 11-5. and Again, this is not a new idea. This is being done around the NFL. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not happening. Just like when a tree falls in the forest – doesn't mean it doesn't make a sound because you're not standing there. Nice. Uh, I would just say to those who are having real issues with this. They shouldn't. I, well, I would look just say. Look at the say, success of these teams. I, and you know, I, you know what they're going to say, Bruce? Well, look at their quarterbacks. Look at the Broncos quarterback. Right. He's a future Hall of Famer. Exactly. And by the way, I would take Wilson over Stafford all day. And by the way, how those camps prepared the Broncos the last five, six years. 
Oh, you mean how's that? How's that all work? You out? mean when Vic Fangio yeah. ran them into the ground? Exactly. And by December, oh my God, we were getting tough then, though, weren't we? We were getting callous. Well, you know what? No, that's see. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you in your tracks. I'm gonna give you a lot of pushback on this. Why? They did have more than a few fresh players in December. You want to know why? Well, because they kept bringing them in. No, because these guys were sitting on their couch relaxing until they got a phone call from Vic Fangio and said, come on in because these guys weren't playing football. They had to call in guys off the street. Well, that's my point. They had to bring guys in. Right. That's my point. Yeah, I know. And and look, just because you're not familiar with it, give it a chance. See how it goes. As Eric has pointed out, rightfully so, Rams started doing this about Five years ago. Right. Five, six years, something like that. Five or six years ago. This has been going on in other places. We just haven't been privy to it. And you know why? Because we live in a bubble. We don't really care what's going on outside of Denver. We only care about our Broncos or anything else well, going that's outside not, of Denver. Anything don't mind going that. on outside of Denver. I don't Denver mind that. doesn't exist. All right. Well, now, wait a minute. That's New York. That's New York. No, that's Denver. No, that's New York. Hey, you know what? Provincialism in the great cities of the Northeast is the worst kind of provincialism. Let me ask you something. Sun rises on the east. Do you? That's on the Hudson. Or is it the other way around? Do you believe that Broncos country is, generally speaking, a group of educated football fans? Yes. I do, too. I do. Now, on the flip side, watch this. Do you think Denver is generally a group of educated baseball fans. No. No. Not, okay. not, no, not, not in the same way. Okay. So we have educated football fans. Mm-hmm. We have former players who are certainly educated on football. Yeah, nobody knew what was going on around the country. You know what you call that? Living in a bubble. All right. I mean, maybe. But uh, look, I like... We don't know how this is all going to play out. We didn't know, and it was a physical, uh, lots of contact, uh, practice in pads as much as we could, run guys into the ground, soft tissue injuries all over the place through three years of Vic Fangio. We've done that. Right. How did it work? You know, Why not try a little change-up? I believe Derek Wolf did an interview a couple of weeks ago in which he talked about Vic Fangio and the way he prepared in training camp. Yeah. And he's like and, and he's a tough guy. He said he beat us into the ground. Yes. Absolutely beat us into the ground. And we're talking about a bad man. Right. Derek that dude is a bad man. No question about it. Uh real quick, uh when we were at uh, yesterday's press conference as well, I had a chance to ask uh Nathaniel Hackett about Billy Turner. Mm-hmm. And what I said to him was, <laughs> Hey, um, you know, Randy Gregory, he hasn't really played. He's just started practicing, uh, but he's going to be the assumed starter. Uh, what about Billy Turner? If he is healthy for game one, will he be your starting right tackle? And he said, well, I don't know if I really want, and he said it with a huge smile on his Cheshire face. Cat. Yes. He goes, I, I don't know if I really want to get into it because we don't know if he's fully healthy. And then I cut him off. I said, well, what if he is healthy? Right. He goes, well, well, we'll make that decision because right now he can't stand at the podium with Turner not being healthy and basically send a message to Calvin Anderson, uh, you're just keeping the seat warm. It's Billy Turner. Billy Turner will be the guy 
opening night in Seattle. I hope. Quinn Miners will probably be next to him. Yep. Lloyd Cushenberry, who was back at practice yesterday, will right. be at center. Right. And then you've got, obviously, the tried and true on the left side with Reisner and Garrett Poles. Okay. We'll go. That's, that's how we're going to battle. Right. All right, coming up after the break, one guy who the Broncos really need, really good news on him, mm-hmm. and another guy back at practice. Plus, George Payton did something yesterday that a number of general managers, using my best Yiddish, would not have the chutzpah to do. <laughs> what is it? That's next. And charge the people a dollar and a half to see them. No, 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 don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. It'd be paradise. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at... Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303 790 8089. That's 303 790 8089. Okay, Randy Gregory practiced for the second straight week. KJ Hamler. Back on the field. Practice yesterday, missing some time, likely to bring him back slowly from his torn ACL. Uh, any concern at all, if both start the season, that either will get off to a slow start? Um, I think you have a concern about all people. What kind of start are you going to get off to? We don't know how they're going to do getting out of the gates. Um, Randy Gregory, obviously, is interesting because he's missed so much time as is K.J. Hamler, quite frankly. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's some concern, but there's also excitement. And I measure them in equal doses because I'm excited. You know, you've you've already said that I've got a man crush on Randy Gregory. You do. I'll tell you what I've got a man crush on is his skill set. And the things that he brings to the table. Ooh, man. I mean, I get it. Looking Looking at the package, I get it. So I'm really excited to see what happens with him, as I am with K.J. Hamler. I mean, he's shown glimpses here and there of being a dynamic talent, a guy that can lengthen the field in the passing game. And we know that Russ likes to throw the ball down the field. So I'm, yes, one part cautious, maybe two parts excited. I want to go back a couple of years. Uh, Probably, arguably, one of the worst signings of the John Elway era. And Vic Fangio was his head coach. And I'm talking about Juwan James, the offensive tackle. And I remember hearing from people in Miami, yeah, Juwan James is great when Mm -hmm. he feels like playing. Yeah, you're right. 
Guy's always injured. He's got a little bit of an owie. He's not going to probably play to 85%, yada, yada, yada. And I think all of us in the media stood up and applauded Vic Fangio for calling out Juwan James in press conferences saying, hey, he's been cleared to play. Kind of pressuring him to get out there. I am wondering, and this is purely conjecture on whatever either you and I say, if Fangio would handle Gregory and Hamler differently than the way Hackett has. Remember, Fangio, old school guy, tough it up, you know, rub a little dirt on it. Now, would he have changed in his fourth year? Now, remember, we all of us applauded Fangio for that toughness. Get your ass out there and play some football. I I don't think Hackett ever would have done that with Jawan James, although he would have been frustrated. But I'm wondering if Gregory's now practicing for a second straight week, if Fangio is the head coach, or Fangio says, just get on the field. We need to see what you can do. I don't know. That's a good question. How much do you believe Vic Fangio would have been an old dog learning new tricks? Well, he didn't learn anything. That's my point. So the answer would be, get your ass out on the field. Day one, he mismanaged the clock. Mm -hmm. And to the day that he was fired, he he mismanaged mismanaged the the clock. clock. Yep, he sure did. Yeah, Yeah. And, and, and by the way, any complaints that I have about Vic Fangio aren't personal at all. I kind of like Vic Van. I like Vic. He's not listening. No, but it but it wouldn't make any difference if he was. I, know, I liked I, Vic. I know why you like him. I, I really did. I, I mean, know why you like him. And um, I come from old school football. My dad was a football coach. Not at this level, but I mean, he was a football coach, and he was an old school football coach. That's where I learned my football from was my dad, uh, who was very successful at it. And he was he cut from the very similar cloth. So I really liked Vic Fangio on a lot of levels. But man, he ran that team into the ground. That team last year was a club that could have won. They they no. They 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 could have they were sitting there at what were they? It was it 7 and 6? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were sitting there at 7 and 6. Now look, I know it wasn't a great seven and six. It wasn't an a confidence inspiring. There's seven no and such six. thing as a great seven and six. Well, the, the the no, there is no such thing as a great seven and right. six. But there is a great thing if you win four games straight after it, like the Cincinnati Bengals did when they came in on the exact same day. Mm-hmm. Both teams, right. seven and six. Right. Bengals went one way. The Broncos went another. Vic Fangio no longer has a job because of it. I'll give you two words why the Bengals won four straight to end the season. Joe Burrow. There we go. Bingo. Not Drew Locke and not Teddy Bridgewater. Listen, Vic Vic Fangio didn't help the situation. Did he maximize the talent that they had? Yeah, on defense you can make that I think so. I think they did. But but he hired Pat Shermer. Which was – what okay? We're going to practice our incompletions. We're tonight. we're going we're going a little bit down a rabbit hole, but let me ask you a question. Nah. Yes. Okay. Fine. What do the Broncos look like if Rich Scangarello had stayed on as offensive coordinator? Well, that's a great question. Are you talking about Drew Locke as your quarterback? I'm just saying. I'll just lay it out. I don't know. 
You tell me. Okay. He well, was good with he, he look, I'm not a Drew Locke guy. Yeah. But Drew Locke was good when it didn't mean a darn thing at the end of his rookie season. He was solid. I'm guessing you know the dynamics between Vic Fangio and Scangarello. We and understand the, that. And the dynamics between Fangio and Shermer. For those that don't know, Rick Scangarello was not Vic Fangio's hire. No. A young guy, innovative guy. The problem with Rick Scangarello with Drew Locke was, even though he, Locke played well, under Scangarella was, he knew that Locke was limited in his field vision. Mm -hmm. So cut up the field into thirds. Cut up the field into thirds. So what Scangarello did with Drew Locke was, he said, okay, we're going to pick a zone of the field. We're going to flood that area with wide receivers at different levels, so you only have to look in one direction, yeah. and you don't have to scan the entire field. It looked So Locke looked good doing that, but eventually, that didn't help his growth. It didn't help him become a better football player. Right. It gave him shortcuts to have short-term success. Good way of putting it. Now, <clears throat> um, Vic Fangio wasn't crazy about Rich Gangarello. He didn't really like his game planning. He didn't like his game calling, and he felt that he needed to babysit a young coach, and he basically said, I can't work with this guy anymore. Let me bring in my own guy. Let me bring in a guy who I don't have to babysit, who's been doing this for a long time, so I'll take Pat Shermer. I'll turn it over to him. Right. Don't be have to do anything with the offense. Because let's be honest, if Vic truly had his way, yeah, he would like the money because his title says head coach, but he really wanted nothing to do with the offense. No. Kind of like when Buddy Ryan was a head coach. Yeah. He wanted nothing to do with the offense. He wanted everything to do with the defense. God bless him. That's fine. But then remain a defensive coordinator. Right? Agreed. So I think that's why Scangarello did not work out here. He did not work. P people look at Locke and say, oh, he's 4-1 with, with Rich Gangarello. That, that was eventually going to end. The, the best example, the best parallel I can give you is this. Tim Tebow in seven games won six games. And then defenses figured out how to stop them. And then, boom, the bowling ball fell off the table until that one game against Pittsburgh. So for Drew Locke, it was a five-game stretch. You give him a whole season. Eventually, midway through a season, he'd be having a lot of problems. I would say this. Rich Scangarello would have probably made them a better offense over the last three years. I think they would. I think they were on an arc that would have been at least improving. I don't think it would have been seismic, but I think that he at least understood the limitations that Drew Locke had. And I agree with you. Um, he condensed the field and made... Condensed the playbook, too. And, and, and probably condensed the playbook. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's interesting to me because they backed up the last two years under Pat Shermer. Yeah. They backed up. They, they, it was just awful. We're practicing our incompletions today. We were there when he said it. The greatest line ever. Ever. We're practicing. Ever. You don't have to practice it. It just happens naturally for you. You know, I'm old. You're not quite old yet, but you're getting there But you're getting there quickly. That's you, a very you can, nice... I'm sure there's a compliment there somewhere. You can see it from where you're standing. Yeah. Um, I've never heard <laughs> in all of my years which are a lot right. with coaches. Right. I have never heard a statement even close right. to that. All right. Uh, George Payton made a move yesterday, a couple of them. He cut Jamar Johnson, cut Marquis Spencer. Now you're thinking, so what? The guys barely played. Well, they were Payton's draft picks 
from last year. Johnson, fifth round pick out of Indiana, my alma mater. Uh, Spencer, seventh round pick. I got to tell you something. Good for George Payton for realizing, you know what? This just didn't work out. He could have let it go potentially to the final cutdown day, but he didn't even do that. Now, you could also make the case he's doing Johnson and Spencer a favor by giving them an opportunity to hook up with somebody earlier before the big flood comes. But that was something that that's something that a lot of GMs are very reticent to do because it looks bad. You don't draft a guy and cut him the next year because it makes me look like an idiot. Well, it was a fifth and a seventh round pick. It's not as painful with that. I think Johnson probably, he was, I think he was their leading tackler in the game against the Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken. Could be. But he was one of the leading tacklers in that game. And he probably has fairly decent film. He's got a shot. Yeah. He's got a shot to get in there. All right, coming up after the break, Nuggets, Kevin Durant. Hmm. Yeah, I put that sentence together. We'll tell you what it means (laughs) next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to pinnacleden.com. Okay, Nuggets reportedly called the Nets earlier this summer to see the asking price for Kevin Durant. Jamal Murray, as of right now, would not have been part of a trade package because there are league rules prohibiting teams from acquiring two players on designated rookie extensions through a trade. What do I mean by that? Jamal Murray has one of those, but Ben Simmons with the Nets has one of those. So Jamal Murray could not be part of a package unless the Nets traded Simmons. Before we get into all different types of scenarios, do you want Kevin Durant? Sure. And and it, yes, no question. And I'm willing to give up MPJ, Bones Highland, and a bunch of first-rounders to do it. I'd have no problem with that at all. But look, let me ask you the question. As the, as the Nuggets sit here today with their current roster, mm-hmm. are they a championship basketball team? I think they're closer than people think because of what they did during the offseason defensively. I do, too. I think they're better defensively. They've got a long way to go to be better defensively. There, There's some what-ifs in the equation. If Michael Porter Jr. reaches what we believe is his potential, injury problems, but if he does, it's an if, okay, they have one hell of a player. No uh, question. They've, hel- they've got one hell of a score. Okay, I'm going to even dumb it down even more. 
They have one hell of a shooter. It, bingo. They don't have a scorer. They have a shooter. Right. And, and a really good one, by the no way. No question about that. Let's see how Murray comes back. Here's my thing with Kevin Durant. Love the player. Hate the man. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Love the player. Hate the man. Well, I shouldn't say hate. Yeah. Don't want. Here. Okay. Here. I'm going to flip this around. How about, how about love the player. Don't like the baggage. Okay. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, 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 I kind of like Kevin Durant. I've been around him. Um, actually, I've been around Russell Westbrook, too. Don't like Russell Westbrook quite as much. Right. I think that a when you get a seminal talent mm-hmm. like Kevin Durant, he immediately puts you in a championship window. Yes. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I think he does. Really? What happened, I, what, I, what happened with the Nets? Well, I mean, you're also pairing him with Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP. Okay, so then let me ask you something. Let's say Game 7, Jokic goes out with a season-ending injury. Well, if you're in Game 7, then you're in a championship window. No, 7th game of the oh, season. Oh, 7th game of the season. 7th game. Okay, fine. Yeah. Ga- game 8, then you can't go there. And I'm okay. kidding when I said that. <laughs> if Jokic got injured, 8th game of the right. season, and let's say Murray is still on this team and he's slow to come back from that ACL, mm-hmm. what do you think Kevin Durant's going to do? Well, I mean... No, no. What do you think he's going to do? I want out. I want out. I don't want to be at the seventh or eighth game of the season. Jokic is out for the year. Yeah. Okay. So he's demanding a trade in the in the first two weeks of the season. Yep. Nah, I don't think so. I'll tell you why. No. Look at just look at the history. What happened with the Nets? Yeah. Kyrie didn't play, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, James Harden. I think that he would probably fight a trade to Denver. I don't think he'd come to Denver. That's my own personal feeling. To me, he is a quitter. Mm. He's a quitter, and he's not a championship guy. And I'll tell you why. What has he ever proven besides joining a team that was in the NBA Finals the year before he got there? I'll tell you what he's. I'll tell you what he's proven. He's proven to be one of the five best players in the world. Yeah, you know what? And you know something? Look, I I hear you. No, no, no. he's not one of the five best players in the world, Bruce. Mm. He's one of the five best scorers in the world. No, he's one of the five best players. Oh, he's a really good defensive player, huh? Well, I mean, I didn't say he's a really good defensive player, but he's not horrible. He's not horrible. Okay. You know who's a horrible defensive player? Who? Michael Porter Jr. That's a horrible defensive player. I, I w- no, I wouldn't call him horrible. He's I, pretty bad. I would, And he's a one-handed rebounder. That drives me nuts. Okay. Kevin Durant is a top five scorer in this league. He's better than that. Okay. Almost impossible to defend. Would you right. agree? Uh, agreed. Yeah, so is Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Carmelo Anthony's not in the same same league as Kevin Durant. Back in the day, and I was covering this team. Fine. Carmelo Anthony was a more difficult cover. By far. And I'll tell you why. Because he could do, he didn't do what Durant does outside of the arc mm-hmm. as well as Durant. Yeah. But Melo could back you down all day. He could score from Anywhere. Yes, I would agree. And not a not a great defensive player. Didn't Never pass. elevated anybody. Okay. Never elevated anybody. Who's Durant elevated? Well, they they were well, no. Who's Durant elevated? I thought they, I thought he elevated the entire uh, franchise in Oklahoma City. They got to a, they got to a final. Well, who's standing next to him? Russell Westbrook. Yep. Who and, else? And James Harden. 
Thank you for making my argument for me. No, anything else you like? It's you all about combinations. This morning, too? it's all about combinations. It's all about it's all about having people in the right places at the right time. Look, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have been part of the problems in other places. They were part of the answers in that place, and a lot of it had to do with Kevin Durant. You are looking at Kevin Durant, the young, impressionable, quiet. Yes. He's Humble changed. guy. I agree. Give He's me change. Give me. So, so then you can't bring up Oklahoma City. He's a different guy. You just asked me a time when he elevated. I just answered the question. Give it's me, pretty simple. Give me the Oklahoma City kid, not the New Jersey brat. Well, I mean, yeah, the New Jersey thing didn't work out, but it didn't work out on a lot of different levels. Golden State worked out. You, I, and I, and I will beat you to the punch. It's Steph Curry's team. Understood, but. He helped them no win championships. They would have won, won without him. Kevin Durant. They would have won without him. Well, it doesn't make it. You can't make that statement because they didn't win it without him. Yeah. You can make the statement, but there's no but there's no backing of the statement. I have the backing. You ready? What is it? Did they win a title before him? Sure. Then I guess they can win without him. Well, they could. No, no, no. They did. They did. They could. No, they did. Yeah. They, they won a championship yeah. without him. Is that a fact? Yes. Then you can say that they won without him, right? Well, yeah. They're, thank you. There you go. But, but I'd like my eggs over easy. It's not that easy, and they're running. Because the fact of the matter is, they did win with him. And don't tell me... They won without him, too. Well, sure. I mean... We're going to win without Seth Curry. I, I mean, okay, the Celtics won titles without Bill Russell. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, look, you can fit that argument pretty much to anyone. I'll tell you who with, I, with great with dynastic teams. I'll tell you who I give a lot of credit to is Calvin Booth. You got to talk about you're talking dude, about dude. I love the inquiry. No, it, well, first of all, it's his job. I love the inquiry. No, I, I'm going a totally different. Okay, direction. where are you going? You have a guy, first time GM. This guy has a lot of confidence. When he's calling about a guy, knowing that guy told the owner of the team that he's currently mm -hmm. on, go fire your GM and coach for me and I'll stay. Yeah, you're right. You, you got to have a lot of confidence if you're willing to deal for a guy who's willing to say, you do what I say. My concern is if something happened with Jokic, God forbid, yeah. and the Nuggets give up a whole lot of stuff for Durant, he's going to want out. That's what I don't like. I love the talent that he has. Now, as for Jamal Murray, he's going to have to be part of a trade package. Mm. Because See, that, that would make me hesitant. Okay. That would make me more hesitant. Well, because I'm a little more bullish on Jamal Murray. I'm more bullish on Kevin Durant as a player than Jamal Murray. Well, so am I, but I don't like the idea. I think if you have pieces to put into a trade package... I would prefer Jamal Murray not to be in it. I would. I like Jamal Murray on my team. Give me Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City. Give me that kid. I trade him for. I would drive Jamal Murray to the airport. Well, of course you would. Of course. That's my point. But but, so we're, but, but that's Durant not where we are right now. I understand. Where that. We are further along. I'm going to say this. You think what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you think I. Th you think that the Nuggets are closer to a championship window than I do. I think Kevin Durant puts you 
in a championship window. With difficulty, with caution, perhaps. But from a standpoint of raw talent and players that you can win with, we're not counting. Look, they're still bringing in the guys they've traded for, the guys that they've gotten free agency. They are better defensively. The main people we'd be talking about here would be draft picks. Yep. MPJ. Yeah, but they're not. But the Nets Bones would not, Island. But the Nets would not pick up a huge contract like that for a guy who can't no. stay healthy. No. I'll tell you, this is where the window. I'm not going to say it's going to close. I'm not going to be so definitive to say that. But for as wide open as the window is right now, there is one move that could happen, and I think it's going to. Okay. That's going to take that door that is wide open and close it halfway. I think Memphis is going to get them, and they have the collateral to give up. Yeah, and they have a lot of talent on that team. They are deep. They are loaded with talent. Nobody talks about Memphis. You know why? Because we live in a bubble, and they live in Memphis. Nobody talks about Memphis. Memphis is a and they. I don't know how you could deny that. I mean, Memphis was one of the best teams in the West last. But they came out. But they came out of nowhere. People, people are just learning about them, just like people started learning about. This kid named Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. That's the direction that Memphis is going right now. They pick up Durant. Here, if Durant is happy, I want him. But if he's going to pout and sulk, I don't want him. My concern is he's going to be potentially that guy, and you constantly have to give him candy when he screams at the top of his lungs. Mm, I, I'll take the promise of talent uh, over the concern of attitude. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The Carolina Panthers have officially named their week one signal caller, and Tom Brady is back in the building after his 11-day absence. We'll dive into that next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Baker Mayfield has won the starting quarterback job for the Carolina Panthers, beating out Sam Darnold. Uh, Just like in Russell Wilson's case, the Panthers play Mayfield's former team, the Cleveland Browns, in Week 1. What kind of performance do you expect to see out of Mayfield, who you can bet will have a major chip on his shoulder? Gamer, I think he'll have a big one. I really do. I think Baker Mayfield, we don't know really what we have in Baker Mayfield. 
The Browns certainly didn't see enough in him to want to reward him for playing through injuries and everything else last year. I think he's still got something left in the tank, and that's a dangerous game for the Cleveland Browns facing Baker Mayfield uh, in that first week. I like Baker Mayfield for a lot of reasons, but I'm wondering if his personality is a little too high-strung. He doesn't have the Joe Cool mentality. Mm -hmm. When he doesn't get his way, he drops to the floor and beats his hands and his feet. (laughs) And while I like him as a gamer, I think that can be a positive. When he's not happy, everybody knows it. Right. Just in case you missed it, Tom Brady back in the building for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It appears his absence from the team came due to family commitments. Uh, His time away included a trip to the Bahamas at an exclusive resort and primarily for family time with his wife and kids. And Brady said he did not leave the team to shoot episodes of The Masked Singer. Uh, Does Brady taking 11 days off have any positive or negative effect? As I'm sure the team wasn't thrilled with his absence, but also felt a positive mood shift when he took the field yesterday at practice. Well, you just answered your own question, I think. Uh, You know, yeah, when guys take 11 days off and everybody else is out there busting their tails, I, I would imagine that that could foster some degree of resentment. This is, however, Tom Brady. And Tom Brady makes everybody better by being there. So maybe it's a wash in the end. If you have resentment that Tom Brady isn't there for 11 days, and I understand the optics of it, right? and I understand players shouldn't do this, who would you rather have as your quarterback? Right. Because even last year, he had one of the best seasons of his career. Okay, you're upset about it? Well, go have another quarterback. You'll make your money, and you have no shot of making it to the Super Bowl. Get over it. He's your meal ticket. Get over it. Right. Just in case you missed it, the Broncos have claimed running back uh, Divine Ozigbo off of waivers from the Saints. The former Nebraska Cornhusker had three stints with New Orleans, two with Jacksonville, and one with New England since 2019. He has 11 career carries for 25 yards. Uh, do you expect to see him on Saturday against the Vikings? It's 11 more carries than me. Wow. Uh, I know this, that uh, it falls off pretty quickly after Mike Boone in that running back room, right? Yep. I mean, they got three guys that I think you probably have pretty good confidence in. Not sure how many you really need to have confidence in, but that's those are the three guys they are going to do the heavy lifting this season. You want a guy in your practice squad. And that's probably going to be him. He's certainly not going to be making the roster. He's a guy you look at and say, wow, we can develop this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, that they have the best running back room in football. You hope there aren't any injuries. Boone's going to be on the roster, more than likely to play special teams. And then you need a guy you want to develop, and he's your guy. Right. Fair enough. Just in case you missed it, in Sunday's Rockies game against the Giants, third baseman Ryan McMahon had a second-inning ground ball go literally through his glove that resulted in an error. It was quite the video if you guys got a chance to see it. Uh, He's now hanging up that glove that he's used since high A, saying, that was my old baby glove. She's going into retirement now, as uh, this glove story did not have a happy ending. Have you ever seen that before or something similar? Never. I've never seen that kind of play before. It went through the fingers, not the webbing. That's unusual. (laughs) But then, of course, we find out that he's had the glove since he played high A ball. Does he understand that there are equipment makers hanging around Major League 
you can get a glove pretty much any time that you want it, and you can have it custom made for you. Hold on. Hold I mean, on. come on. Hold on. You played baseball, I believe, at Wichita State. Is I that did. correct? Yeah. You're in the Wichita State Hall of Fame for playing baseball. Well, not exactly, but anyway. Okay. We, oh, because you're a good broadcaster. That's probably why. Maybe so. With that. So you played baseball at Wichita State. Yeah. Did you play for Gene Stevenson? Yes. Wow. Guy's a legend. Yeah. Uh, with that, you have... I played baseball, too. Certainly not at your mm-hmm. level. You have a glove you're comfortable with. I had three of them. Okay. Yeah. But you have a glove that you're comfortable yes, with. Yes, no question. Uh, you don't want to break in a new one. Mm. If you if, if you love that glove and you feel confident in that glove, it's like an old pair of jeans. Makes you feel good. Makes you feel confident. A lot of history behind it. You stick with it. You don't want to start all over again if you don't have to. Yes, there are ways to break in a glove pretty quickly. I get that. But... It's a superstitious thing. As much as it is, it makes you feel comfortable. Agreed. Absolutely. But it hurt his fielding average. Gave us all a little chuckle in the process, though. It was it funny. I had never seen it before. Sadly, it sums up his year. Well, it, and it's a very Rockies thing, isn't it? If a ball is going to go through a guy's glove, it's going to happen in the infield for the Colorado Rockies. Right. All right, uh, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Their sales staff, they've been there for decades. And why is that important? <clears throat> when, you make an, when you make a purchase, like an appliance, I mean, it's an investment. So you want to work with people who can get you what you want. You're going to have a lot of questions. You want to be in a situation where you don't look at three refrigerators and have to pick on your own because the guy who's working in the big box store honestly doesn't know the difference between refrigerator one, two, and three. At Mountain High Appliance, working with a sales staff that's been there for decades and decades. They're going to ask you the right questions to make sure number two is perfect for you, number one is perfect, or number three is perfect. By the way, their new showroom at their clearance center in Denver is out of this world. Huge tons of appliances, tons of options. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Daniel Hackett held a press conference yesterday, wanted to Talk about the offensive line issues. Was it more mental or more physical? You're going to want to hear his answer next. Next.